0: Welcome to the Sweet Slumber Podcast, the good, the bad, and the sleep-deprived. I'm your host, Meredith Bruss. I'm here to teach you about my supportive, nurturing sleep solutions for infants and young children. We'll also be discussing the highs and lows of motherhood, what will help you feel whole and rested, and I'll explain what you can do now to help your little one thrive in every way for many years to come. I am excited to help you experience more fulfillment as a mother. Hello, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining me today. We'll be discussing something very important today, self-soothers versus signalers. Now, I know you've heard of self-soothing, so that piece should be easy to understand. There are babies out there who are naturally independent. They can relax and go to sleep easily, put themselves back to sleep easily, I've talked about this type of baby for a long time. I might have referred to them as angelic or textbook, predictable, easygoing. They're the ones with a built-in sense of peace and confidence who don't need a lot of extra support. They really need to be comforted when they're sick, injured, or cutting teeth. And honestly, I don't worry about these babies much when it comes to the way they're cared for, the way they sleep, the way they learn to sleep. They don't demand much from their parents. They're easy to teach. And some self soothers even learn to sleep well on their own. I have definitely met parents who said, Oh, yeah, by like day three, my child was sleeping through the night. And it's hard not to laugh and say, Excuse me. <laughs> but, you know, I, I feel like that's the type of baby that I worked with in my daycare. And some of my kids were like this before I started doing this full time. So I absolutely relate to all the people out there who don't even know that there's a different type of child. <laughs> so, Signalers, on the other hand, they are the extreme opposite of what I just went over. They are built for dependence. Have you ever even heard anyone say that? Built for dependence? The very name Signaler suggests the nature of these babies. They have a built-in need to signal for distress. They're often in distress, at least in their eyes, right? They long for companionship, physical touch, closeness, and co-regulation, When they need something, they immediately cry out for help. Hey, come here now. I need you. Or you must be within an arm's distance at all times or even carrying them. When they sleep, many of them prefer being held over being laid down in a bed. Unless they can be nestled closely in your arms in your bed. (laughs) I think these babies need to be in the spotlight more. Hardly anyone talks about them. Yeah, I meet parents with babies like this every day. Too many people think babies are all the same. They think they are wired the same, that they think the same, act the same, feel the same. It's just not true. When's the last time you met someone who is exactly like you? Have you met people who can relate to you? Sure. Do the majority of people relate to you? No. Adults vary in their outlook and their responses to what's around them in hundreds or thousands of ways. And we start out as little human babies. We don't change from being the same to being so different from each other. Let's discuss another singular factor. In my experience, these are the highly sensitive babies. They may also be spirited or high needs. Highly sensitive babies feel every discomfort and twinge of pain. Acutely, they are in tune, their feelings are intense, and it can be very difficult for them to not be focused on how they feel. Imagine a baby like this going through a mental leap when the brain is developing and changing. I have observed major changes occurring during these times emotionally, physically, mentally. Babies are crying and screaming in their sleep, acting very clingy, being very moody. You know, ups and downs with those moods, <laughs> laughing one moment, crying the next. Hmm, sounds like <laughs> people that I know. Some babies won't even go near their beds or let their parents lie them down, even if they're asleep. They can be in a deep sleep, but wake. Ins- <laughs> and you guys will relate to this, a lot of you, but this is a little different. They'll wake instantly the second they hit the mattress and then get really upset and maybe even scream or cry until you hold them and stop trying to lay them down. I get a lot of people coming to me with this problem who are just freaked out beside themselves, especially if the child was independent before. These babies um, in the middle of a leap might cry frantically when their parents leave their sight, like they're scared. And that's what I would call separation anxiety. And it can happen with a toddler or a young child as well. When highly sensitive babies are in tune to how they feel and their feelings are intensified, And it's uncomfortable or painful to go through mental leaps, growth spurts and teething. This makes perfect sense that it's difficult to sleep during these times. It makes sense to me that they will need a lot of extra comfort and co-regulation. They are just a totally different breed and babies aren't built to turn inward and comfort themselves. They have very basic self-soothing skills or self-coping skills if they have them at all okay so just understand the co-regulation that's that's the way nature intended for babies to be comforted with our help so i don't blame sensitive babies one bit for struggling with sleep understanding why they have such a hard time staying asleep or falling asleep or any of these things can really shift things for parents these kiddos need compassion they need understanding love, and lots and lots of comfort. I cannot imagine how they feel with their world just turned upside down like this. They don't understand what's going on. They don't know why they feel this way. They're probably terrified. So let's cut them some slack. Let's change the way we think about their tough sleep problems and just be there for them. It's impossible for parents to know exactly what babies and toddlers are feeling or experiencing because they can't describe it. The babies can't describe it. They can't express themselves. They only cry. They use their body language and gestures. And I know that is common knowledge. It's just, we don't give it enough thought. Do you know how hard that would be (laughs) to just be able to cry and use your gestures and your body language and expect others to really interpret that correctly, to understand that correctly? I don't think a lot of parents try hard enough. I think a lot of parents get into habits and they assume things and they just think they know. And then, you know, with that comes misinformation. Sometimes parents will pin things on babies like that they manipulate, that they're spoiling their babies and teaching their babies the wrong thing, when really that's totally opposite of the truth. And so I think it's important to really stop and think about this. I've even had. Newborn care specialists tell me, I never really thought about what the baby's feeling. I knew something was wrong, but it makes so much sense that they're actually uncomfortable. They're actually not feeling well, or they're in pain or whatever. And that just kind of opens your heart and helps you feel a lot more compassion for them and more patience, which is so important if you have a signaler. So what do you do to help yourself be in tune, to understand them more, I think the number one way to do this successfully is to turn off your logic. (laughs) That's like impossible, right? From the time we're like in school, maybe preschool or kindergarten, we are programmed to use our logical side of our brain and just absolutely use your logic, use your logic. But you know what? We need our intuition. We need our instincts as well. There are neurons in your heart there are neurons in your stomach isn't that crazy so we actually have three brains and we need to use all of them why would we have them if we didn't need them it's so amazing so turn off that adult brain and try to get back in touch with the brain that you depended on till you were two which was that emotional side that side of you that really just used your gestures and crying or noises or whatever one word sentences like one-year-olds do. So think with your heart, be in tune with your heart and be in tune with your instincts. Be in tune with your child. Imagine what they're feeling instead of assuming negative things or thinking you spoiled them or created a monster or whatever it is. Just understand them. Try. I promise you've been giving your child what they need emotionally and mentally. You've been doing what's best for them if you've been very responsive. If you've held your child very often, if you've bed shared, if you've carried them, if you have fed them to sleep, if you've rocked them to sleep, if you have broken rules and just done what felt right, if you fussed over your child instead of letting them cry, you were doing what was best for your child. I understand, though, that a lot of those things become unsustainable. They become very difficult to live with. And that's often why people come to me. And I get that. I promise. I actually know that babies can become more demanding, especially with their mothers than people can manage, keep up with, handle. And luckily there's peaceful, kind ways to help babies progress so that they're not quite so demanding or difficult to take care of. But I just want to point out that there's nothing wrong and there's no problem with being a very gentle, loving parent. And you have not caused the sleep problems. Your child is just built differently. And this is the takeaway today. I really want you to take away this information that if your child aligns with all these things I'm describing, they are a signaler. And actually, there's been research. There's a study that shows the difference between these kids. That This is where these terms came from is the self-soother and the signaler. So I'll make sure and attach um, some resources for you so you can learn more about that. So um, anyways, thank you so much for letting me carry on about signalers. Uh, I hope you understand what I'm trying to get across, that you just can't compare your child to a self-soother. They're just, that would be like comparing a bear to a bunny. (laughs) Not that there's any matchup of either animal with either of these. It's just, you you just can't compare them, right? So I want to clarify. Of course, there's a middle range between self-soothers and signalers, and it's a very broad spectrum. So we can have children who are extremely easygoing with a bit of a signaling side. We can have kids that are very, very much on the signaling side, but still have that easygoing nature. This is important to understand. Um, The mixture can be very different in another way, too. Some children can start out as strong signalers and grow out of it. Some babies can start out as self-soothers and become even more independent as they grow. So we'll see a lot of differences in, um, in this mixture. Your child is going to be completely unique. And it doesn't really matter how much they're like other babies. That's not what the point is in, in this conversation. I just want to help you know that what matters is that you try to understand and accept your baby for who they are. And then try to be patient with them. Realize that babies with a signaling side need more time to become independent. More time to become good, strong sleepers. And I promise you this is true. When I started my business, I was like, I had everything figured out. I knew exactly how to help babies sleep well. And then I spent about eight months working with families in their homes. And I got thrown for a loop almost every week. Like what, what is this new problem? I have never seen what is going on. And then when I started helping families all over the world, about eight months into my business, I saw everything. And honestly, I shouldn't say that because you know, it's been almost six years now. And even this year, I've seen new, new cases, new struggles and challenges. So I really approach sleep as like, these babies are individuals. They are unique. Who knows how they're going to respond? Who knows what they're going to throw at us? That's so important. If I'm doing that after working with thousands of babies, parents should understand that we really need to not predict or expect that we know everything that's coming or that um, we know what our kids are going to do. So I just wanted to say that the story I was thinking of is I remember the first time I had a really young baby whose parents were trying to improve his sleep. I think he was like three months old and we did everything. We checked everything on the list and this baby still struggled. And I was so confused. I was like, but we did everything right. And you're doing everything right. But he still woke up often at night and that was kind of my first time of really like opening my eyes and, and seeing something different um, that I see all the time now is that it's just the nature of these babies. It has to do with that signaling side. You can't change that. It's who they are. You can't change the length of time. It's going to take them to become more independent. You can't change the length of time. It's going to take them to become strong independent sleepers. You can help them foster or develop independence, and you can improve sleep as much as possible. You can definitely fast forward how often they're going to wake, sorry, the process of improving sleep so that they don't wake up as often so that they sleep better and deeper. And I've actually had major breakthroughs this year where some of these very highly sensitive babies are sleeping for 10 or 12 hours at night. And I, I am super excited about the solutions that I've discovered because that is awesome, especially in the middle of a leap teething, growth spurt, learning new milestones. That is so awesome. So my point is just that it's very normal for it to take longer. And it's very normal for these babies to be very dependent for a long time. And that we don't really have as much control over that as we think we do, as we wish we did. So it's basically like, don't expect things to happen on your terms or in your time frame, And if you in, in a case of a very sensitive baby, try to use like cry it out or um, ferber and and you go for a, more of a forceful approach. you actually can harm your child. And it's gonna be interesting to see in the future as more research is done so that we can actually measure the, these effects on babies. I'm a firm believer that we can always repair damage. we can always, you know um, do what we can to, rebuild a relationship, to rebuild a connection, to soothe a child who's been through crying out and it's been very distressing for them. But I still believe that there's lasting effects when it comes to emotional health and stress resiliency. Um, Attachment can be interrupted, but also I believe in trauma affecting us and almost sticking with us for a long time until we heal from it so those are the things we want to avoid. We don't want that stuff. We really want to support these babies. They need it more than any type of child or any type of temperament. So, um, sorry for blobbing about that for a long time, but it's just really important to help you understand your baby and what you're doing for them and how you're benefiting them. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that in just a moment. So I guess I want you to understand that it's not a death sentence. Your child isn't gonna be like terrible sleeper and struggle with um, dependency forever. They always grow, especially when we support them. I've seen so many beautiful changes in babies whose parents were very patient and offered all of this amazing support and like the physical closeness, even co-sleeping, bed sharing. Um, and these kids are just naturally evolving and becoming very independent. It's so exciting to see that that process helps babies and toddlers and young children grow in the way that we want them to without force. It really, really works. So um, the way I've been able to help parents progress quicker is really exciting. And go- jumping back a topic here. Um, It can be life-changing to get six or eight hours of continuous sleep. For those of you who are waking up every hour or twice an hour or whatever it is, I am not trying to rub it in. I want to give you hope that there can be change and that it's not just a matter of patience for everyone. If you're able to um, work with me, then we can absolutely change things. It can be life-changing to have more predictability, more ease in your life. Returning to a rested state can be, one of the most beautiful gifts in the world. When I work with families, it's not about forcing things. It's not about ignoring the baby. It's not about making them change. It's about fostering change, supporting who they currently are, being there for them, helping them tr- truly feel confident in their parents' care in the middle of the night, in the middle of nap time, whenever, wherever. They need to be led through gradual changes from point A to point B to C to D, etc. Like really, baby step changes can be amazing for these children to help them progress. And one day, they eventually make it a long way and suddenly sleep like champs. And parents are thinking, how in the world are you the same baby? It's just amazing. And all of this is true. I am not making this up these changes can happen and parents really do get to these great outcomes. And I think that's really comforting to hear. Some people have lost hope though. So I just want to tell you that if you've already tried lots of things, it doesn't mean that it's hopeless for you. I help people all the time who've paid for multiple sleep consultants, taken multiple programs and tried everything. And I love that there's still breakthroughs. Um, With this improvement and excitement, These babies are still the same humans. They still go through sleep regressions. They still have growth and developmental periods. They don't become perfect sleepers. All babies and toddlers need their parents at night from time to time. That's normal. Parents need to accept that this is a normal part of raising a child. We need to give up the idea that babies and toddlers should stop disturbing our sleep. This is unnatural and unexpected if they do stop disturbing your sleep. Signalers are born into families without warning. There is (laughs) no way to predict this. And it can be shocking. And I feel terrible for parents who are like, oh, okay, this is not what I was expecting. This is really, really tough. It's not ever what people are expecting. But these little human beings that are so challenging also come with little personalities that are waiting to bloom and be discovered They're beautiful people. They have gifts and strengths that are wonderful. It's just that they're challenging to raise. So parents of highly sensitive babies, aka signalers, need their villages. If you can relate, please ask the people you trust to help you. Accept the help. (laughs) That's the next big step. Give yourself credit. You are fulfilling a difficult job and you're working very hard to meet your child's needs. Make sure you find ways to nurse your needs and find ways to rest. Sometimes you need to slow down and do nothing but be a mom. Forget about the house and the tasks and the people waiting. It won't matter one day when you (laughs) look back at this time, I promise. I promise none of it will feel like pressure in the future. If you could only see clearly now, you would avoid. A lot of regret and disappointment. So just listen, believe me, that stuff does not matter. I promise. And another thing I just wanted to point out is that moms often feel like failures if they can't improve sleep. And I don't know where that comes from. Some moms feel like failures when they ask for help. And I just want you to know that it's, it's a really beautiful experience to have a sleep coach. So if it's something that you're thinking about right now, ah, just give it a try. Reach out to me and let's have a sleep consultation or a intervention call where we discuss your child and my programs. There's no pressure. I just want you to know that this experience of working together is rewarding. It's a rich experience. And many of my clients say it's life changing. I love being a mom mentor. There's nothing better than lifting moms to the next level and building their confidence and helping them trust their intuition and understand their children. I've had clients say that it's it's absolutely life-changing. So another thing I want to reassure you with is that the hard work you're doing now will lead your child to the best outcome. Their best outcome. They will thrive in every single way as much as possible. And you'll be the star of the show. How's that sound? I know most of you aren't seeking any type of credit, but just let that sink in. If you're doing all this hard work and it pays off, you are saving the day. You are the heroine. You made this possible. That is so awesome. It makes me really emotional. I know I didn't talk that much about self-soothers today and, you know, they are pretty great. But I just want to say that their parents don't struggle with sleep, you know, it it comes really naturally and easily for them. They can read a book. They can just listen to traditional sleep consultants. They can follow a holistic approach, which is even better. And things just work out, you know? So I don't spend a lot of time talking about that type of baby because you know, that's those parents don't really feel a need to like explore and look for something different. Often I'm here to help the most exhausted parents especially exhausted mamas. Um, cause just that's what I love doing. And my baby centered approach is meant for babies and toddlers who are signalers. They have a strong signaling side or they're fully signalers. And I have the best solutions for these kids and these moms who really need my help. The tear free nurturing sleep methods I have for each temperament are just, they're amazing. They're powerful And my system, my seamless system, helps you get from barely alive to feeling connected, centered, at peace, full of life. And while I'm at it, just because we're on this topic, I'd like to tell you a little bit about my programs before I wrap up the show. So I offer six-week and six-month programs. That's a pretty broad range, I know, (laughs) but that's because one offering is meant for the type of parent who has limited time or limited finances, or they have a baby in the middle range of signaling and self-soothing. This is my baby centered gold program. It's a wonderful way to work together. We get to meet every week. Um, You get to text a couple days a week. You get your sleep plan week by week to avoid feeling overwhelmed. You get a a proven system to follow. Sending your sleep plan every week gives me a chance to customize the steps as needed and help you progress with confidence and clarity. My Revitalizing Motherhood program, that's the six-month one, it is a dream. It's a dream for me and for my clients. I really love it. It's what I've always been meant to do, provide this type of support and care. If you're a mother of a signaling baby or a young child, there's this is the program for you. There's no pressure with time. You have six months to improve sleep, to learn, to grow, to depend on me for guidance and mentoring. I mean, who wouldn't want a village like that, you know, to have somebody who's a child care expert, a mother of five, someone who's been working with sleep for 20 years and full time uh, with high needs, sensitive spirited babies for the last four or five years. Anyways, You get hour-long coaching sessions, weekly community meetings with a built-in village of moms who understand you, children like yours, then monthly classes on all things motherhood, plus texting access to me. I'm happy to offer the perfect programs for my clients. They're exactly what is needed for each child and each parent. If you'd like to learn more by chatting with me, go to my website, at sweetslumbertime.com forward slash contact or just look up sweetslumbertime.com and look for the contact button and set up a sleep intervention call. I cannot wait to meet you and get you started on this exciting journey. Thank you so much for spending time with me today. Make sure you're on the lookout for my next episode. I'm releasing them every Friday. Take care of yourself. I'll see you soon. Thank you for listening to the sweet slimmer podcast, the good, the bad, and the sleep deprived, ready to understand your child better. Then take the sleep temperament quiz, reveal your child's sleep nature and unlock the solutions to your exhaustion in just five minutes.